Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Brent Jones. Enjoy. Well, this fall, we went through a series on Philippians. I don't know if you're, you know, quite a ways back, rewind. And while we were doing that, I didn't get to finish part of one of the messages that I taught. And I was just thinking like, hey, this portion that I didn't get to, this would be a great way to wrap up our year. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're just going to spend a little bit of time in Philippians chapter 3. So you can put a finger there right in Philippians chapter 3 before we get started. But I... As I was, I've been preparing for this message for a while and I just kept, I had to like pump the brakes every few weeks and be like, wait a minute, there's no way this year is over. There's no way it's already gone. I mean, not that I'm complaining because like what a crazy, crazy time. Our family personally had a, a busy year. We moved into a new neighborhood. We had two graduations. We celebrated a 20th anniversary. We had our first little bird leave the nest. Our dog had nine puppies. They all left the nest. Thank the Lord. We had some health scares. Those are just a few of the highlights. There's a lot I could just, you know, it seems like every week it was like, oh, what's new? 2023, what's new? We had lots of moments that I want to remember forever. And lots of moments I cannot wait to forget forget. Today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about forgetting. Forgetting. Today, I want to talk through Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, 13, and 14. And we're going to look at three action items, three steps we need to take as we step out of 2023 and into 2024. Three steps we need to take, three things we need to do, and we're going to put them up on the screen here really quick. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag right at the top. Uh, We're going to recognize reality. I gave you three R's too. I knew Pastor Tri was coming, so I just thought I'd prepare you. Uh, Three R's. We're going to recognize reality. We're going to release the past and refocus on what's ahead. Are you ready today? We're going to recognize reality, release the past, and refocus on what's ahead. Never underestimate the power of a fresh start. Never underestimate the power of a fresh start. Even in the book of Lamentations in the Bible, a book that's actually um, based in sorrowful celebration of sorrow and walking through a lament. Even in lament, in Lamentations chapter 3, that's where the writer says, God's mercies are new every morning. Even in lament, he recognizes that there's something coming. Never underestimate the power of a fresh start. God's all about it. That's why we don't only, that's, that's why we celebrate uh, our next major Christian holiday in, is Easter, right? It's coming down the pipe. You're like, hey, I, you guys, there's, I already saw, listen to this, I already saw Valentine's and Easter candy. I did. Not at my house. 
not in my pantry from last year. That's why we celebrate fresh starts. Why? Because Jesus not only came, not only lived, not only died, he rose from the dead, and that resurrection life empowers us. Never underestimate the power of a fresh start, a new beginning, something God wants to do. Never underestimate that his mercies are new today. That's why I said turn to somebody and say celebrate that you made it through 2023 because you're sitting here this morning. You're sitting in the mercy of God today. Right now, where you sit, you are sitting in the mercy of God. Right now, where I stand, I am standing in the mercy of God. Why? Because I woke up this morning. And so it's fresh, it's new today. In whatever circumstance I'm in, even if I'm in grief or mourning or lament, I can still recognize the power of a fresh start in Jesus Christ, that God's mercy is new every morning. We see it in a sunrise. We see it in a sunset. We see it in seasons. God has it built in. Fresh start is built in. I don't care what calendar you're on or what calendar you're using or what the Mayans said. It doesn't really matter to me. There's a power in a fresh start when you start over with a clean slate. All right, let's turn to what Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 3. I'm reading beginning in verse 12. I'm reading in the NIV. Note that I've already obtained, not that I've already obtained all this or have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I'm going to read that again. Not that I've already attained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on. Say press on. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Somebody in here, you've been trying to run and trying to get out and trying to escape and trying to do your own thing, and it's just like you just keep getting sucked back in. You just keep getting drawn back. You're like, I just don't know why I can't get... You know, because God took hold of you, and somebody's praying for you. And you keep getting like, oh, I just keep coming back to church and God, and I can't, you know, I keep trying to get out. <laughs> He's t- he took hold of you. You're not going anywhere. Someone's praying for you. You've been dedicated to him. You were given to him. Somebody, I'm talking to somebody this morning. And God wants to say to you, it's time to wake up to the reason he took hold of you. Why did he take hold of you? We're going to just explore a little bit of that today, but let's move on. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. There it is again. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is God's word. In fact, in the next verse, it says, all who, are, uh, all who are mature should take this view. In other words, if you're a grown-up, you should act like this. Philippians chapter 3. There's three points in here in these three verses, and we're just going to hit them really quick. Number one, like I mentioned, recognize reality. 
Recognize reality. What is the reality that Paul mentions here? Recognize reality. What is he mentioning here? Well, he says it right at the beginning. Not that I've already attained all this. I have not arrived. Recognize reality. It's okay to admit that you don't have it all together, that you have not yet arrived at your goal. That is a great first realization. I still have a ways to go. This isn't it. Aren't you thankful? (laughs) This is not it. Not that I've already attained all this. Many of us live like we've arrived or attained it. Not that we're doing great, but that this is just going to be it. Or at the very least, we live like this. Our current situation is the way things are supposed to be or will always be, or that this is just the way it is. Now, this doesn't necessarily apply to everybody, but I think pretty generally it does. I think pretty generally we kind of live... We're actually told to live in the moment and live right now, which is great advice, except when we think that right now is all there is. When you live like right now is all there is, you start to have a problem. We're not supposed to be living like this, this life, this American dream. What you've got going on right now is it, good or bad. This is not it. No matter how good your life is right now or how bad your life is right now, this is not it. This is not the end. There is so much more, and not more stuff, more money, more things. No, 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 no. More life. More life. More relationship with Christ. There's more in your relationship with Christ. There's more depth. There are facets to creator God that you will never discover even in eternity. He's that great. And when your experience in God starts to feel like this is it, well, I had my devotion. Well, I sang my song. Well, I said my prayer. Well, I went to my church. If that's it, we need to adjust. And like the apostle Paul, we need to say, not that I've already attained it, I haven't attained it. I'm not there yet. This isn't it. I have not arrived. Admit that I don't have it all together. There's more to Jesus Christ. There's more depth in my relationship with him. This is not even mentioning eternity yet. We're still on, we we haven't even gotten to that yet. There's all of eternity still. But just here on earth, there's more in God. There's more in Jesus. There's so much more. So I press on. I press on. I press on. Why? To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on, he says, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Calling, purpose, destiny in God. There's more. Galatians chapter 6 says, In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we what? Do not give up. Don't give up. Go on. If we do not give up, you'll reap a harvest in life if you do not give up. Don't give up. Go on. Press on. Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 12. Continue. Everybody say continue. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Go on. 
Continue. Press on. Don't stop here. There's more to work out. There's more God wants to do in your heart and your life. I don't care if you've served God for four, five, six decades. It doesn't matter how long you've served him. There's more. Boy, that should be exciting to a few people in here. There's more. He's not done with you. You have not arrived. Thank you, Jesus. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Let us not become weary in doing good. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Press on. Move forward. There will be a time to stop. There will be a time to cease. Today is not that day. Today we continue. Today we press on. And so we're going to pause right here. And just every eye closed right where you are. We're going to do that first point. We're just going to recognize reality. Not how good or how bad life is. Not how positive or negative things are right now. We're talking about recognizing right now where we sit. That this is not it. There's tomorrow. This is not it. There's 2024. This is not it. I am not done. I have not arrived. Good, bad, in between. There's more. I have not already attained it. Just breathe that in and breathe that out this morning. All right, if you're not asleep, you can open your eyes. If somebody on your row is asleep, you have permission to kick them, or just kick them anyway. Have some angst to get out at the end of the year. I don't know. <laughs> Recognize reality. This is not it. Okay, number two, release the past. Amen. Release the past. The next 17 pages of my sermon are on this point. <laughs> it is a lot. <laughs> I, forgetting what lies behind, the Apostle Paul says, for, forget the past. Release the past. Forget what is behind. I tend to be forgetful. That's the biggest understatement I'll ever say at this pulpit. <laughs> I'm quite forgetful, actually. I have an honorary doctorate in forgetfulness. My, my office is covered in notes and reminders and all kinds of things. If you see me walking around here during the week, I have like two different notepads I'm writing on because in case I lose one. It's like, I, I need to go back to banker's days of triplicate. <laughs> I, I, my use of Siri single-handedly caused Apple to change their code. I forget a lot of stuff. I forget important stuff, too. I'm the worst at it. On the same day, I can forget to pay my mortgage, but spit out a quote from a movie I saw when I was 10. I can forget 
a four-digit pin, but remember my parents' phone number from when I was a kid. Most days, my memory is a mess of Bible passages, movie lines, my kids' names, not in the right order. (laughs) Outdated numbers and useless information. So it should come naturally for me to forget, to preach a message on forgetting. But this type of forgetting is a little bit different. This isn't what Paul's talking about. Forgetting what is behind is not about blocking a memory. I wish that's what he was talking about. (laughs) It's not some sort of Jedi mind trick, like, you will not remember 2023. If you find that, let me know. It's not just about blocking stuff out. It's not about not remembering. It's about adjusting our thinking and putting the past in its appropriate place. You see, the past, your past, has an appropriate place. My past has an appropriate place. When you get in trouble is when the past is out of place. When you start living in your past, then you know you've got some problems coming. It's no longer living in it or rehearsing it. This is a big one. Rehearsing it or imagining the various outcomes or events or moments that are already over or maybe it didn't even happen or maybe we've rehearsed them so many times in our mind we think they did happen and now that's our past. So we rewrote our past. We rehearse it over and over. Well, she said this and then he did that. And do you remember when that happened? Remember when I lost my job and remember when this came in and that happened? And I just rehearse it over and over and over and I live in that place. I'm not talking to anybody in here, am I? It's about putting our past in its appropriate place. Our past has an appropriate place. The last season has an appropriate place. I'm wishing winter had its appropriate place. I'm done. These are moments that are already over. When we say forgetting what lies behind us, we're talking about adjusting the importance of the past, the importance of past decisions, the importance of past events. The importance of choices and what effect we want them to have on us moving forward. Moving forward. Moving forward is the biggest way we leave the past behind. This seems very simplistic to say out loud, but listen, to leave the past behind, you actually have to leave it. To leave the past behind, you actually have to leave it. You actually have to move forward. And that can be really challenging. That can be really hard to do because sometimes the past, good or bad, is very comforting. Sometimes our past behaviors and the things that we put on and the way that we did things in our marriage or the way we did things in our household or the way we did things in our last marriage or the way we did things in our last household or the way we did things with our kids before versus our next kid or the way that we did things at our last job or this versus this job, our past can be very comforting. Not good, just comforting. We move forward. Most of my issues with past mistakes or things that have happened to me come when I refuse to leave them. When I rehearse them over and over and over, when I sit in them and I find that strange, dark comfort of feeling sorry for myself. It's comforting. 
It's not good, but it's comforting. The choices and decisions I've made. I feel sorry for myself. I feel angry at myself. Or I simply feel broken or hurt by others' or actions or things that have happened to me. Releasing the past is not necessarily easy or simple. Please hear me. I'm not saying this is like easy step. But I'm saying this is next step. It's not easy. It's not simple releasing the past. Sometimes in order to put this stuff behind me, that might mean I need to get help from a counselor. That might mean I need to get help from a therapist or a friend. That might mean I need to talk to somebody and have some crucial conversations with some people to move forward. That might mean I need to write some emails. That might mean I need to do something to move out of the past. I might need to talk to someone, have that critical conversation, take the steps I need to heal. I'm not saying it's easy to do. I'm just saying it's next. It's next. And it's how we move forward into the future that God has for us. We sat here and we realized, hey, the reality is I'm not done yet. Well, in order to move into what I'm not done yet with, I have to let some stuff go. It's hard. But the rear view mirror is not the windshield. The backup cam is not the windshield. The past is the past. And this year, 2023, is now 100% in your past. There's nothing you or I can do to change that fact. So I need to live from here looking forward. You can go ahead and put that picture up on the screen. Look at this windshield looking out onto palm trees. Ah. <laughs> Notice how small a percentage the rear view mirror takes up in your view. Any driver will tell you if you've driven for more than a week, the rear view mirror doesn't take up as much room as it does when you're learning to drive. When you're learning to drive, it's like check, 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 check. When you actually are driving, you're like, okay, I see it, and I'm moving on. Don't hit the garbage cans behind you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even a full windshield here, and you can see that, the, that I purposefully chose one that it looks even a little bit bigger than it actually is. The rear view mirror doesn't take up that much of a percentage of the, of the windshield. So why do I spend most of my life looking into it to drive? I'm talking metaphorically now. <laughs> you guys are like, I see you on the road. <laughs> no, I, no, really. I <clears throat> metaphorically speaking, why do I spend most of my time behind the wheel of my life looking in that small rectangle of glass when I have this big one right in front of me that I'm actually supposed to be looking into to go where I need to go? Amen. That's because you're not supposed to spend all your time. That's, it's so small because you're not supposed to spend all your time looking in it. We're supposed to be looking forward to where we're going. Interestingly, between these two pieces on a vehicle, only one of these two things can be adjusted. Only one of these two things, only one of these two pieces of auto equipment can be adjusted. I mean, I guess you could technically adjust the one. I felt like it before. 
You can adjust your view of the, of the past, but the future's coming at you no matter what. So it's your decision. You can adjust how the past looks in your rearview mirror. There's no adjusting the future. It's just headed toward us. Whether we choose to focus on it or not is another story. Piece of advice, when you make adjustments to the rearview mirror of your car, do it while you're in park. <laughs> Pause, take a minute. Most of the changes I want to make in my life or that God is making in my life would be much more simple if I would let go of the past, if I would quit living in the rearview mirror. So I must ask, what do you need to leave behind? What moment? What behavior or reaction? What sin? What habit? What decision or choice? What do you need to forget? What do you need to put behind you? Forgetting what lies behind us can include what we would call repentance as well. When we walk in repentance, we ask for forgiveness and then turn and move in the other direction. <clears throat> in my own life, I was struggling with a particular sin, and I was consistently missing the target or the right thing to do. And one time, it was like every time I was faced with this thing, I made the wrong decision. And I was constantly just, you know, I'd, I'd, I thought I would repent and turn away from it. And then I would just like find myself there again in sin. And one time when I was apologizing to God and asking for forgiveness and promising to repent and doing all the things I would do, I got a picture in my mind and I can only assume it's from God. I got this picture in my mind of a long train. And that train was me. And the tracks ahead of me were my life. And they were laid out ahead with all these places to go and these stops to make. And there was a lot to do. And it, the track of my life was laid out ahead of me. But I had this particular car attached to my train. And have you ever, we, we drive between Boise and Spokane a lot. Um, and so if you've ever done that drive, you see about three to five trains along the way. And some of them are just really, really long trains. And those really, really long trains, some of them will have two engines on the front and then maybe even two engines on the back. Have you seen that before? I know nothing about trains. So if I say something stupid, just be like, oh, he knows nothing about trains. If you're a train expert, please forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was like I had this picture of my life, and my life, I was headed in this one direction. The train was me, and I was moving forward, but the other end of my train, I had this other engine or two attached to the end that was constantly pulling me the other direction. And it wasn't where I wanted to go. My life was headed this direction. This is where I wanted to be, and this thing was always pulling me this way. And I, and I saw in this picture of me that that was this particular sin. And, and sometimes it was fine and it would just cruise along in the right direction with me. But every once in a while, that other engine would get cooking and it would really start to pull me that other way. Are you seeing the picture too? And God said something to me that time when I was walking in prayer and repentance. And he said, unhook the car. Unhook the car. 
not knowing what to do about that, I just prayed and asked God. I said, God, would you just unhook this train, this car from my train? Just unhook it, God. I, whatever hold it has on me, I repent of that. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I do it. I just do it. I walk in this. And would you just unhook it from my train? I repent. I want to go the other direction. And as I prayed that day, I saw the train of my life unlinking from that other train car. It unhooked from it and it started down the track away from it, leaving it behind. And I felt so free. I actually felt free from it. Now, I'm not telling you that I was never tempted again or I never struggled again, or, but the hold that it had on my life was optional. Does that make sense? From then on, the hold that it had on my life was optional. And I want to show you a picture of why. We can put up that next picture. This is how train cars attach to each other. This is still basically, basically, other than electricity, the same technology that's been used on trains forever. This is a modern one. See how those two C-shaped, they're called couplings? They just like click together, and once they click together, they cannot be unclicked. It doesn't look like it has that big of a hold, does it? There are tons, tons, and tons of weight resting on that little coupling. That's what holds it on. But do you see those little, um, you can see there's yellow there, there's like a, there, those are, um, basically there's one of those on each side, and what that does is when, when the conductor says to let go, those two things pneumatically let it go. They provide the energy for that coupling to open and release and let go. And the only way that that car can link back up is, is when that same lever is pulled that says link back up. Does that make sense? In my head, this is what I saw that day when I realized, like, I don't have to walk in this anymore. If I let go of this and I leave it here, it stays. It's my choice as to whether it reattaches to my train or not. Leaving the past behind. Sometimes we walk in repentance when we leave the past behind. Some of us need, just need to pile things in that car and leave the whole car behind, right? That's okay. It's your decision. But in that moment of prayer, that moment that changed my life, this new perspective of freedom, of repentance, changed my life and helped me to grow in huge ways as I left it behind. There's actually a letter where Paul um, talks about a mirror in Corinthians. Remember this? He talks about a mirror and he says that we'll see, we see only in a mirror darkly, but then face to face. But before he shares that really poetic phrase, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, he says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, look at this, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Does that phrase sound vaguely familiar? I put it behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. But just see, look at that phrase up there. Put the ways of childhood behind me. I left the past behind. He's saying when I was a child, I, w I acted like one. And then when I was no longer a child, I put that behind me and I moved into the future. Some of us today 
need to put the past behind us. Whether that's through repentance, like I talked about, and asking God for forgiveness and turning, going the other direction and releasing that train car and not walking back to it constantly. Some of us just need to let go of the past and just give it to the Lord and say, God, it's yours. I put the ways of childhood behind me. Putting the past behind us is part of growing up. Putting the past behind us is part of growing up. Even if you're, I don't care if you're 16 or 65, putting the past behind us is a part of growing up. It's a part of moving on in our relationship with God. It's a part of growing. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 3 says this, therefore, look at this term, rid yourselves. I love that. Rid yourselves. Put it behind you. Let go of it. Unhook from that train car of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so that it, they, by it they may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Once you see that God's good, you want to grow up. You want to grow into what he has for you. Just like we had that, that realization at the beginning. This is not it. There's more. This is how we do it. This is how we step into it. We rid ourselves we put behind us. And then the last verse on this I want to read here is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. That's it. That's simple, right? No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian stuff, civilian activity, civilian things. If you're a soldier, you're a soldier. Don't get entangled in the rest of the stuff. And in this chapter, Paul compares us to soldiers. And he's saying here, don't get entangled in stuff that's not yours. Does he say, doesn't get involved in bad stuff? No. He says, don't get involved in stuff that's not yours. Some of us are choosing a life that's not ours by getting involved in things that are not ours. We need to let go of, as, as, as lovers of Jesus, as followers of Christ, we're getting involved in civilian affairs. We're getting involved in things that we shouldn't be as believers. We're getting involved in things that we shouldn't be as a woman of God, as a man of God, as a woman of faith, as a man of faith. We're getting caught up and involved in things that don't matter. It doesn't say they're good or bad necessarily. It just says they're wrong. Like a soldier getting involved in civilian stuff. Whether it's anger or listening to certain things or watching certain things or having certain apps on your phone, maybe not wrong for others, but they're not serving you and they're distracting you from pressing on toward the goal, toward the prize. And then there are those things the Bible's clear about, like we read in Timothy there, lying, criticism, fornication, adultery, self-pity, envy, hypocrisy. Putting those things behind us, ridding ourselves of those things in the past, sets the stage for us to grow in the future. Some of us here today are like, hey, I don't have a specific thing to leave behind to repent for. I have a whole year that I need to leave in the past. Maybe for you, 2023 was just a complete dumpster fire. And it's time to leave it all in the rearview mirror. That's okay. As I was preparing for this, I was reminded of Noah. Yes, Noah. Big boat and all the animals. Noah. Earthwide flood, no friends. Spent years building a boat, saving his family, obeying God, and then spent over a year on that same boat adrift in a flood that God sent to cleanse the earth. 
Noah. So what happened when that door on the ark finally opened and he steps out on dry land? Noah builds an altar and thanks God and puts the whole mess behind him. You're like, oh, it wasn't that simple. Well, read Genesis chapter 8, 9. Read it. Actually, this whole, the whole story of Noah, it's just all God saying what to do and Noah doing it. He doesn't even talk. He just does it. God says build, he builds. God says collect animals, he collects animals. God says get in, he gets in. The door opens, he gets out. Talk about a dumpster fire to put behind you. Earth-wide flood, anyone? This whole destructive, life-altering mess. Noah sets up an altar, kneels down, thanks God, and puts the past behind him, and he walks forward into a future of fruitfulness. Not a perfect future. Literally, like the next chapter, he's drunk and naked, so don't, I'm not saying imitate him. <laughs> Sorry, teens. I forgot you were in here. I didn't mean to say naked out loud. <sighs> he puts the whole thing behind him. It's an entire, it's, do you know, it's, it's years and years and years and years and years of his life punctuated with an event that he has zero control over for 370 days or something like that. He has no control. And he gets out, builds an altar, and by the way, sets an example for the children of God from that point on. Significant event, build an altar. Remember, thank God, move on. Today, it may be appropriate for you to thank God and move on, to build an altar in your heart to remember. Maybe journal about it or talk to someone about it or something else that helps you remember and then move on. Releasing the past to be the past and letting go so you can move into the next chapter God has for you. So right now we're just gonna, we're almost done. We're gonna close our eyes. Just like we did before and all over this room, we're talking about releasing the past or I introduced that other word, repenting. Maybe there's something you need to repent for. And as part of releasing the past, as part of letting go, let's just do that. It's, it may not be a complete moment right now. That's okay. What if it starts right now, though? What if it starts right now where you just let go? Breathe in. Breathe out. And let go of the things we need to let go of. Put them in there. Adjust the rearview mirror to see them appropriately. Put the past in its appropriate place. Not driving your future. Not where you're going to arrive. That conversation, put it in the past. That argument, put it in the past. That choice you made, put it in the past. Hmm.
move on to this last point here together. In all this talk of forgetting, Genesis, in Genesis chapter 8 in the story of Noah, Genesis says this amazing phrase in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1 says, God remembered Noah. That's all it says. God remembered Noah. Actually, the story of Noah, I almost, I I totally geeked out over this part, and I've done it before, and I had to rein myself in, and I was going to bring you and show you all the graphics, but I decided not to. Actually, the story of, I just can't help it. The story of Noah actually hinges on this one phrase. When you lay out the story of Noah, you can Google it, you can go to Bible Project, wherever you want to go. You just, if you look up the story of Noah, the story of Noah is written in this beautiful way that actually the beginning letter of every sentence leads you somewhere, and then the beginning of every phrase leads you somewhere, and actually what happens is they both lead right to this moment where it says God remembered Noah, and then it leads into the rest of his story. The whole story of Noah is evenly split. His entire life is evenly split on this one phrase, God remembered him. Isn't that beautiful? God remembered him. In all this talk of forgetting and putting things behind us, we need to look at this phrase. It's important to know that God remembers you. What does that mean? Does that mean God forgot Noah? Oh my gosh, Noah's been out there for over a year. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that boat's still out there? (laughs) Why didn't that idiot like rein it in? (laughs) No. What does it mean? Did God forget Noah? No. God highlights Noah and God remembers Noah. That, it means that God acknowledged Noah's situation. God acknowledged where he was. God acknowledged that he obeyed him enough to be out adrift on a planet covered in water without question. God acknowledged Noah. And in that moment, the rest of Noah's life hinged on that. Today, I want to say over you, God remembers you. God knows right where you are. God knows the year that you have had or haven't had. God knows the disappointments. God knows the pain. God knows the loss. God remembers you. God knows what you've been walking through. God remembers the year you've had. God remembers you. And like Noah, God has another chapter for you. Remember what Paul said to close this passage? He said, I press on toward the prize. Our goal, the prize for which God has called me heavenward. God remembers you. Right where you sit, right where you are. Everything that's happened, everything that's gone on, every decision and choice you've made. As you sit here today, God knows you're here right now. And God cares about you right now. No matter where you've been or what you've done or what you've been through or haven't been through, God knows and God remembers. 
Sit in that for a second. I personally need to be more like eye on the prize. I don't know about you. Like Paul says here, I I press on toward the prize. I need to be more eye on the prize. I need to live more eye on the prize. It reminds me of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Run like you're going to win. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Today as you sit here and you're like, hey, I'm putting the past behind me. I know God has a future for me. Then let's run like God has a future for us. What if you started looking at your life and saying, hey, you know what? I know I did that. I know I said that. I know I've been that. Okay, I'm going to put that behind me, and now I'm going to run toward the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That for which Christ laid hold of me, I'm going to go after that. I'm going to go after the prize. What if this year and 2024 we decided, you know what? I don't have to live in in last year. I don't have to live in the choices of my past. I don't even have to live <clears throat> I don't even have to live in the celebrations of my past. I can build an altar and I can move on into the, the new things that God has for my life. I said at the beginning that God is a God of resurrection. God has always been and he'll always be about resurrecting things from the dead, about drawing out of you the things that you didn't know were in there about reviving that destiny and plan for your life that you thought was there but you had forgotten about about the reviving the life that you thought you had just screwed up. God can do it. And not only can he, he will. We walk in repentance. We walk in releasing the past and forgetting it. And we move on into the good things that he has for us because he does. Because he does. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Worship team, would you come on up? Let's stand together. We'll just stop before I really start preaching here. Hey, you know what? Not only did you make it, you're headed into the next one. Yeah. God's grace is on your life. God's hand is on your life. And like Lamentation says, his mercies are new. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, he's got mercy and grace for you to do it. He's got mercy and grace for you to walk into 2024 with victory. God's got grace for you to walk into this year. You don't have to walk into it carrying 2023 behind you. You can let go of that and move on if you'd like to. The question is, would you like to? So right now as we, as we stand here, we're, foc- we're refocusing, that last point, we're refocusing on our future. We're refocusing on our future. We're saying, hey, I- I'm done living my life driving from the rearview mirror. Don't rip it off, but adjust it. Adjust it. Put it in its right place. Put it in the place it's supposed to be in. And then adjust your vision and refocus on what's coming. 
You have a life to live. You have a life ahead of you that's coming through the windshield right now. Let's put the past behind us. Right now, all over this room, there's decisions you need to make. There's things you need to say. There's prayers that you need to pray. Whatever it is today, to put the past behind you and say, you know what, I'm done living that way. I'm done living in that, the, that, those mistakes and those choices. I'm done. Listen, the grace of God is sufficient for you to leave that behind and walk free of those things. Habits and addictions, fears, rehearsing the past over and over. Man, if you're ready to be done with that, I am. I'm ready to be done rehearsing that over and over. Like, what if I'd just done this? Or what if I'd done that? Or what if I'd gone there? Or what if I'd moved there? Or what if I'd done that? Or what if I was with this person? Or what if I'd done that? Or what if I, she'd said that? Or what if I didn't? What if we just let go of that and didn't live in that anymore? Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's a decision we make. It's a decision we make to move forward in the grace of God, in the goodness of God, in the, dare I say, joy of God. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some joy in this next year. I'm ready to walk in joy and the blessing of God in this next year, not just because, you know, I made a lot of good choices, but because I'm letting go of the anchors that are holding me back and I'm pressing into the good things that God has for myself, my marriage, my kids, my family, my church, my job, everything, the people around me. I'm going to walk into that. I'm going to step into that. If you're ready to do that, then all over this room right now, let's just say, God, I'm letting go of the past. God, I'm letting go of the past. I'm letting go of the past. I'm letting go of those things that have held me down. You can name them out if you want to. You can say whatever you want to God right now. He's not scared of your past. He lived it with you. I said, he's not scared of your past. He walked right through it with you and he brought you to this moment. He brought you here. And he's ready to release you from your past as well. So come on, let's just let go of the past. God, today, we let go of this past year or however long you want to go back. God, today, I I let go of 2023, and I choose not to live in it. I choose to live in the next year coming, the good future, the goodness that you have for me. I recognize the reality today, God, that you're not finished with me yet, and I haven't yet attained it. So I recognize that today, and I just say, God, I'm ready for whatever you have for me. And I release the past. I forget what's behind. I release it. I repent of it, God, and I step forward into your goodness, into your grace, into your favor in this year ahead, God. And Lord, I refocus. Would you right now, God, I give you permission all over this room. Just give God permission to refocus your eyesight. Just say, God, refocus my vision on what's ahead. Forgive me for getting distracted in this thing or that thing or this thing that's tried to pull me away or that thing or maybe my job or my whatever. Just Come on, refo- let, allow God to refocus your heart on what's coming down the road right now for you and your life. God has good things. God has good things. God has good things. Like Noah, I hear God saying over you, God remembers you. God remembers right where you're at. God knows. Even if you've been adrift and you just feel like you've been floating and you feel like you just barely survived it, that's okay. God remembers you. God remembers your situation and he knows right where you are today. 
So let's just respond to that and say, God, I'm yours. I belong to you. God, thank you for remembering me. Thank you for remembering me. God's even going to reset some things in your family. God's going to reset some things in your family. He's going to reset some things in your mind. He's going to reset some things in your life. He's going to reset as you refocus. He's going to reset and just say, okay, we're going to do things a little differently this year. We're going to do things a little differently this year. God wants to move in your life. God wants to move in your heart. He wants to move in your home. Everywhere you go, he wants to be actively moving through you to the world around you. Let's give God permission to do that. God, we give you permission this year. Draw us back into our God-given destiny, Lord, to walk out in the world around us, your kingdom everywhere we go. Lord, we want everywhere we go just to see your kingdom come, your will be done in us, through us, to others through us, God. Your kingdom come, your will be done, God. Your kingdom come, your will be done, God, in every household, in every family. And every person, from the youngest to the oldest, God. Every household, Lord, let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. Now today, as we pray and as we leave things here at the altar and move on to the future, there's some things that you might have to write down. Maybe God's bringing some things to you that some things he's spoken to you in the past and he's saying, hey, remember, let's walk this way in 2024. You might need to write that down and say, okay, God, I'm gonna gonna do that. Write it down, be specific. Then he might just be given some fresh vision for 2024 and just saying, hey, head this way. And you're like, oh, okay. All right, next steps. Next step, ask him, God, what's next steps here? And then listen. Then listen, like Noah, just listen. Just listen. God, I thank you for Vineyard Boise. God, I thank you for everybody gathered in this room, gathered online right now, God. I thank you that we're all gathered here together. And as a a family, we can just put 2023 behind us and victory step into 2024 together. And God, I just speak a blessing over this house, over your people, everywhere they are. God, here in this room, all over this campus. Lord, and online, everywhere that they are right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak a blessing on this coming year. I speak a blessing on this coming year. Blessed in every way. Blessed in every way to move forward in the grace and goodness of Almighty God in 2024. Father, I pray that you'd visit each one with your joy and your goodness. In this next year, we ask, and we receive it today, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. God bless you. Go and make the invisible God visible in 2024. Don't forget, CR has a party tonight here on campus. It's going to be amazing. If you need prayer for any reason, please come up. The prayer team wants to meet with you and pray over you for whatever you need ministry for. If you need ministry for any reason, come on up to the front. We'd love to pray for you. God bless you. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org and if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.